All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 44 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am your host this week, Lonnie Weissar, SDL KISS on the KISS FAQ message board. And we have a five-man team this week. We are, of course, joined by Julian, the admin, Mark, Marcus Almighty, Ken, 69th Blizzard, and joining the podcast for the first time in months is Andrew from Mr. Speed, a live cat man on the board. <laughs> Andrew, welcome back. It's good to be back. I the just, the I crowd mean, goes wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, anybody who knows me knows I've been real busy, so uh, I'm really happy to be back and uh, back with you guys talking kiss. Cool. We are glad to have you back. Great addition. So today on the show, we are talking first kisses. And no, we're not talking about Andrew's makeout sessions in junior high school. We are talking about... Much later than that. Yeah. There's an after show we'll talk about. But we are talking first kisses, first experiences with the band, whether it be your first concert, whether it be your first CD. And we'll get into those different topics. Um, before we get started, though, there's a on on the topic. There's a a great unauthorized biography of Kiss called Black Diamond by Dale Sherman, and he ends the book with a great paragraph that I refer back to a lot. It's, it's fantastic. And since we're talking first kisses, I'm going to read this last paragraph of of Dale's book. And he says, in a sense, Kiss really did end up being the embodiment of their stage name. In everyone's life, there comes that first kiss, full of passion, innocence, danger, and excitement. As life goes on, things may change and kisses may become bitter. But there will always remain the memory of that first one. Kiss may continue into the future in one form or another. Perhaps also in the end, it will matter little. Like the memory of a first kiss, nothing that comes after will ever take its place. And for me, that really deems, that really rings true um, for the first time I saw the band. And I was, and I've, I sat up in the rafters, and I still think of that show as the greatest kiss show I ever saw, just because it just struck me so much and it just literally changed my life and I think a lot of KISS fans can say that too like the first time they saw the band it really changed their life so let's talk about that first KISS um, the first time you saw the band in concert so Andrew you're you're back we're going to let you lead things off for the first time you saw KISS in concert this this was a great and remember I'm I'm a little younger than than some of you guys so uh, I didn't get to experience my first KISS concert until 96 I saw my very first show was New Year's Eve, 96, 97, at the old Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And this concert's special to me. It's, it's really cool that I have the video and I'm able to kind of look back and kind of remember it that way. But what was so cool about it is I was 11 at the time. And my KISS fandom was just being sent to overload because of the reunion tour. Because obviously there really wasn't an internet back then. There really wasn't anything going on back then. So when I first heard about KISS, they were on The Simpsons giving away tickets to the Dodgers, to, not Dodgers, to Tiger Stadium. And I just had thought, this band still exists, because, you know, I had the Kiss Meet the Phantom, and I had this. So anyway, fast forward to 
finding out that they're coming to the Meadowlands on New Year's Eve. I always couldn't get tickets to the Garden that summer because uh, I was still 10 years old, so I couldn't go. So, But anyway, by the time the, the New Year's Eve show came up, I, I heard about it and I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, can we go, can we go? And it just, the stars just perfectly aligned because she opened up the newspaper that day to look to see if there were tickets on sale. I mean, who still does that? Opened the newspaper and it said, Kiss Tickets, Face Value. And they happened to be two towns over from me. And I was like, Mom, we gotta, we, it's the face value. Like, we have to go. We have to get them. So we, I begged her and begged her. She goes, okay, all right, we'll do this. And it was three days before the show. Three days before the show, we found these tickets. And we get the tickets, and I was just, I was so happy. And I remember, it's funny what we remember about these things. I remember driving to this guy's house, and uh, No Doubt was huge at the time. And I remember uh, Don't Speak was on the radio. And I was like, I kind of like this song. But... I, I always remember that. I don't know why I remember that. But anyway, fast forward to the show. We, it was New Year's Eve, and it was a really, really cold New Year's Eve. And anybody that, that went to the show knows that we had to, there was something wrong with uh, inside the venue, and the doors didn't open on time. So we all had to wait out freezing cold on New Year's Eve. So they finally usher us in. And I think, I don't know, I, I had gotten in, and by the time I got up to the merch booth, the event shirt was sold out. And I was like, I was so disappointed. I got a poster that night, but I always wanted an event shirt. Anyway, fast forward to the show. I watched the show and it it literally it changed my life. And I just remember I couldn't believe that this band that I was listening to on cassette at the time because I didn't have a CD player yet, listening to on cassette and watching this VHS tape and looking at these magazines, looking at Entertainment Weekly or whatever. I couldn't believe that I was seeing this band, and I was just I was just starstruck and I couldn't I couldn't believe that I was doing that. And you know, of course, I didn't know all the songs as well as I do now, but. Um, and I'm like, man, why is Ace playing guitar solo so long? And why is Peter doing it? I didn't understand because, you know, my reference to that point was Alive and Alive too. So I, they didn't have those long things there. So that show absolutely changed my life because it was the first time I saw Kiss. And my mom took me. Like, how cool is that? Some people's mothers or parents, they were like, Kiss, what are you doing? But my mother was like, you like Kiss? All right, we're going. So, and that it, I still look back on that memory fondly to this day. And anybody that's friends with me on Facebook, and if I haven't had you, I'm sorry. I just I have so many friend requests. Um, it, so j- if if you, blessed. if you message me and tell me who you are and that you're going to add me, I will add you back. I promise. But anybody that has me on Facebook knows that every New Year's Eve I post about this, and I want to hear other people other people's thoughts about the show. And uh, and just as a little side note, a few years later, someone in the FAQ board I can't remember your username. They sold me an adventure. I was really happy to finally have one. So there, that's my first Kiss show, December thirty first, nineteen ninety six. Very nice, very nice. It's awesome. Um, so you saw him on the reunion tour, and but Ken, you saw him. I'm not trying to play out the age thing that Andy pointed out, but Ken, <laughs> but yeah. I consider Ken lucky though because he got to see him on tours that I wish, God, I wish I would have got to see him on. So, Ken, what was your first? What was your first show? Well, the first show was was this Dynasty. Oh, that's um, so, that's awesome. So. I remember uh, I just missed it. I was just getting into Kiss in the in '77, and I think they already passed through San Francisco area by the time I was starting to get into them. So uh, I had to wait a little while for them to come around next time. But I do remember I was so excited. I was like sick to my stomach. <laughs> I was so excited about it. I swear. To, I swear. And it was also besides it being my first Kiss concert, it was the first time I drove from the East Bay into San Francisco on my own um, all the way to the Cow Palace where they played 
And uh, I do remember it was all drizzly and everything uh, at the concert. I remember getting in line, and the line, it, the doors weren't open, kind of like Andrew, the doors weren't open yet or whatever. And I remember the line <laughs> it went all the way around the building, the cop house to the backside. And I'm like, holy cow, did we come here late or what? But uh, a lot of people came there. I mean, I was there early, but we had a long time, got in there, got on the floor area of the uh, cow palace and it was just like you know just all keyed up waiting for them to you know come on and then the, you know the the starting of the thing where the the fog is there and then and then yeah the sound i mean that was so you know it's like statue superhero you know ish thing and uh it was just so cool and and after that i i tell you i remember some things but it most of it is like a blur to me I know it was good. I was excited. I was so excited. It was just, it was just you know, overload. And uh, and I've told you about the you know the end of that show and where you know I got the sponges that came out of the disco ball and <laughs> that sort hey, of thing. Do you have any extras? I I do. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they're mint in um, box, aren't they, Ken? What? <laughs> mint in box. Yeah, mint in box, right? <laughs> I didn't say I didn't tell you if I washed my dishes with them though or anything. But anyway. doesn't matter. Doesn't no, matter. I'm it's still, it's still uh, Andrew's not picky. I'm not picky. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the first time, uh, and it was quite an experience. Like I said, it was a blur. I, I do remember uh, certain things about it, um, but uh, for the most part, uh, it was just a blur. But it was I was so excited, you know. Like I said, I was sick to my stomach before <laughs> before the show, before even driving there. It was it was crazy, but it was good. That's awesome. Saw him in '79, and I mean, not only did you get to see him in '79, but then you saw a Creatures tour, and you saw all those great tours, you know, that that a lot of us missed out on. So, I'm jealous of all the shows that Ken's seen. So. <laughs> Mark, what about you? What's your first? What was your first Kiss concert? Your first experience seeing the band? Uh, well, I had a chance. I think I mentioned this in one of the prior episodes, but I had a chance to see them on the Asylum tour, but uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to that show. And also, I had a chance to see them for Hot in the Shade, and I, I don't think I was in the country at that point when they came by, so I got, so I missed that. So, like Andrew, my first uh, show was uh, the reunion, 1990. They came to Toronto, uh, uh, August 6th at the Sky Dome. The, Quite the experience too, because they had you know those huge inflatables and stuff like that inside, and it was just it was nuts. Like in Toronto, they were hyping it for quite a while here, and all kinds of all kinds of contests. And the radio station here, which normally never played Kiss ever here, started playing them almost daily for like the the month before the concert. And uh, it was a it was a big big thing. I mean, Skydome holds a probably about close to 60,000 people, I think, and they used pretty much, a, not the whole thing, but they used at least more than half of it for the for the show. It was a pretty pretty big uh, turnout for that. And, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember uh, just like most other people, when they see them the first time, it was, uh, you know, the, the experience of that low droning intro and, you know, the whole, all right, Toronto, are you ready? You know, for the whole kiss thing intro there. And, uh, it was it was great. I mean, I thought they played really well. I mean, I remember I went to my uh, band at that time, and 
my drummer, who's like Mr. Neil Peart and those kind of drummers, he was actually, I remember he told me at the end of the show, he was actually surprised at how good Peter Chris was, because he, he used to think that he was brutal, like compared to the drummers that he liked, right? And he thought that he was pretty solid. He goes, wow, he goes, I was impressed. He goes, he thought that he was the best guy that night. So that was, uh, you know, he they won over some people that night, I think, too, because they, they played really good. I think that they uh, they were jiving by that point when they came to Toronto and they were firing on all cylinders. And I think I was lucky to see that because I know that later on that wasn't the case, as many of us know, that they started, you know, going a little downhill there later on. But, uh, yeah, it was a it was a great show. And I thoroughly remember that show like it was yesterday. It was a great show. And uh, it was it'll be firmly etched in my mind for the rest of my life. That's for sure. Hey, let's make everybody feel old. The reunion tour was 20 years ago next year. 20 <laughs> years yeah. since they came back. Holy yeah, crap. A, that really is. I mean, you, th- you believe they've had the makeup back on for 20 years? They've had the makeup on the second time longer than the first time. Yeah. yeah. And the current formation of the band is, is longer than any other formation. Yeah, it says a lot, doesn't it? Which is, which is pretty crazy, too. So, um, Julian, we're going to, I know your first Kiss concert is everybody's going to think we're like really, even, even though, even though like Andrew's first Kiss concert was, was 19 years ago and, and, and Mark's was 19 years ago. It seems like, oh, they're still new to the game though, even though you saw them for the first time 19 years ago. But, um, Julian, talk to us about your first. Yeah, mine's even, even more recent than that. Um. Obviously, I lived all over the world, so I was often in the wrong country at the wrong time, and I would miss the band. You know, I'd be in England at the time that they were touring the U.S. or in the U.S. when they were touring England, and I'd just overlap. So um, I had tickets to Wembley in 96, but I drank my uh, travel money, so I wasn't able to go to that. And then I had tickets. Yeah. Then I had tickets to Finsbury Park in 97, and I'm driving down my the hill from my house and my car breaks down on the way to that. So I finally get to see them Dodger stadium, 1998. And I've still got the, uh, where is it? The gig concert, um, shirt from that, which I haven't worn in probably 15 years. Um, so I finally got to do that. And that was a bit of a big deal because I had to fly from, you know, Andrew, the the video is probably not even on you when you just did that. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I'll do it again. So Please. I, so I, I got to fly down from San Francisco to see, uh, see the band. Uh, met up with a whole bunch of other fans and drove up the hill to that horrible, horrible stadium. As a as a San Francisco Giants baseball fan, um, it was really a matter of walking into enemy territory. And if I r- recall correctly, there were actually people throwing rocks at the car that we were driving in as we were going up the hill. So obviously there weren't Kiss fans who lived there. Um, <laughs> As for the show, obviously it was the first show of the Psycho Circus era, so the first reunion um, studio album, and it was also a fantastic set list that most of the other people didn't get on that tour, Nothing to Lose, and She, and the debut of Psycho Circus within and into the void. So from that perspective, it was really cool. Um, How much of the show did I actually see? I couldn't see fuck all. Um, My... (laughs) My my seats were so bad that someone told me later that, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, who I couldn't give two shits about, were wearing the, dressed up like the Beatles. I'm like, oh, they were. I couldn't see them from where I was. Um, I was actually closer to the actual Psycho Circus part of the uh, 
they were in, I think, a home base doing their stupid riding motorcycles in metal cages and all that shit. That didn't work out. But it was cool to see an experience from that perspective. So that one show where they actually had the Psycho Circus, it was very obvious why they didn't bring those bozos on tour because it just did not work as, as silly as Kiss may try and be with some of their ideas. The concert, just fantastic. Fantastic memory of finally... Finally getting to see the frickin' band that I liked so much for so many years by that time. Um, so, the first of many. I've, I've played catch-up ever since, so it was a glorious first kiss. That's awesome. It's a, a landmark show, too, that everybody talks about. It's that Dodger Stadium show. So that's a cool one to say it was your first... Yeah, f- from that era, there aren't many landmark shows. I mean, if everyone who say they went to the Tiger Stadium show actually did, it would have been, been overflowing <laughs> to the point of not being able to get any band in. Um, you know, everyone that, I know says they were at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, you know, that's one of the... the uh, probably I wanted a, to go so bad. Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, Detroit, yeah. Kiss, first show at the reunion, see if the wheels fall off or, or whatever. You know, that would have been the show to go to or Columbus, uh, Georgia, the following year when Peter was replaced for the first time. Those are mm-hmm. the only two I really think of that era, along with uh, Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, Dodger Stadium. That really mean a whole lot. The Madison Square Garden shows meant a whole lot, too, because being yeah. a New York band, there was just there was so much energy. And I was actually I was on, on another podcast last night talking about that, those shows, how those shows kind of shaped Kiss fans in that tri-state area for years to come. For years to come, the electricity in those four shows permeated until maybe 2003, 2004, when the interest kind of waned for the band. Yeah, I agree actually about that because I was in New York City at that time when they were there, and everywhere I went down every street in New York, there was nothing but them talking about Kiss, and it was like on every single billboard you could see was Kiss. They were like really, really hyping that over the top at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was still. Like a, it was like a month into the reunion tour, and the the hype was really at an all time high at that point when they four when they did, shows, four shows, four at the guard. straight shows, and just mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? They had finally managed to do four shows at Madison Square Garden. You know, they had to pull all their dates in '79 uh, when they, I think they had five dates on the original tour book that they wanted to do, but they only ended up doing two. So, you know that that was massive for the band. So glad they got to do that. Absolutely. Well, my first. Kiss show is actually the reunion tour also. Um, I've told the story that I was supposed to go see him on the revenge tour and I got grounded and couldn't go. <laughs> and then just spend a hundred dollars to see him in ninety five on the convention tour at fifteen years old was just it was just it's just too much money in that era. And you think I mean a hundred dollars in ninety five when you're fifteen years old was a hell of a lot of money and it just just wasn't possible, much less to find someone else to go with me to spend $100 to go see Kiss, because Kiss was not cool in 95 at all. So my first Kiss show was July 2nd, 1996, the third show of the reunion tour. Um, And I remember getting tickets went on sale on a Friday afternoon, like at 5 o'clock, and Detroit had already sold out like in 45 minutes, so my brother and I knew that it's going to be a struggle just to get tickets. So this is, this is you know, and this is pre-internet, you know, you, you had to go get your tickets when they went on sale. You couldn't just log on your computer at 5 o'clock when tickets went on sale. And they didn't have all these pre-sales and all this other crap like they have now. Tickets went on sale. So we, um, they used to do line tickets to keep people from hanging out outside 
of the department store where we'd get our tickets close to our house. They used to give out line tickets. So every day that week, my brother and I, we would like take turns. One of us would go get a line ticket. And then at like 4.55 or 4.50 or whatever, 10 minutes before tickets go on sale, they'd draw a ticket and they'd line you up according to which ticket they draw and line you up that way. So we had like 10 line tickets between the two of us, you know, like, okay, we're going to get, you know, we got, we, we just wanted to make sure we got tickets. It's the most important thing. We didn't care where we sat. We just had to get, make sure we got in the door and they drew the ticket and we lined up and we're like, and we're looking at where we're at compared to, and I've never seen so many, I had been to a lot of concerts at that point in my life. I'd never seen so many people there for an on sale date ever. And I mean, and we had seen Metallica, we had seen you know, quite other few bands that were big at the time, but I'd never seen that many people lined up for shows. And we're like, holy shit, it was unbelievable. So after they drew the line ticket, we're like, all right, we're figuring out where we're at. We should be okay. And we're waiting and waiting. We get up there and we get our tickets. And we're in section like 303 up top, like on Ace's side of the stage. And like, it's fine, we're in. And we, I remember getting our tickets and walking out of the department store back to our car and all the people still in line behind us. And we're like, these guys aren't getting tickets. They're not getting tickets because we're already, we're already up top. I mean, the floor's gone. The lower bowl's gone. We're in the upper bowl. I mean, it's almost gone. And if come to find out that show sold, sold out like in 30 minutes. It was just like that, just gone. And you think about, you think about those shows sell, selling out that fast. Like I said, there was no internet. These are all people standing in line getting their tickets from a customer service rep. You know, they're going and they were still going that fast. It's it's really unbelievable. So that was my first that's my first show. And I remember too, like you guys were saying about KISS being on the radio that day. And I remember driving to the show and I was listening to the rock station in St. Louis and you're like, Yeah, it's like an unofficial KISS day around here and like and they're playing like Strutter on the way there and like and I'd never heard Strutter on the radio ever prior to then and I don't think ever since then I've ever heard Strutter on that radio station, you know? And I remember getting there and walking up to the venue and they had merchandise booth set up outside and I told my brother, no, we gotta go to the merchandise booth right here outside. And he's like, no, no, there'll be other booths inside. I'm like, no, we gotta go to the one right here. I gotta make sure I get what I want to get. <laughs> so and being in there, the concert itself, I remember when they played Won't Get Fooled Again. Now they play different songs before they come on. But I remember them playing Won't Get Fooled Again and the curtain coming down. And you could just feel the electricity and the energy of that crowd waiting to see Kiss finally in makeup for the first time in, in 17 years. And it was, I've never experienced a concert before or after with that much energy from the crowd waiting for the headliner to come on. It was, it was The anticipation was just phenomenal and when that curtain dropped and they dropped in the deuce and it was so freaking loud and it was unbelievable it was just and i remember they did a hundred thousand years and the flash pots go up and even though we were so up high you could feel the, the heat from those flash pots way up high i was like looked at my brother like, can you imagine how hot those things are down there if we can feel them from way up here and I was 16 years old at the time, and I was really a depressed kid at the time. Um, just the summer between my junior year and senior year in high school, and my girlfriend had broken up with me like in June, like a month before the show, and I was really kind of depressed and sad. And 
and that concert like like revitalized me and like gave me something to live for and it just and it's and it's always been kiss ever ever since then it's like whenever i'm down you know they always they always pull me up and they other difficult times in my life it's like things that have it's it's that that has pulled me through so that concert just really really just changed my life and just sent me into like andrew said just the overboard kiss fandom ever since then and and, and it, it really did change my life so i think the first time we've seen the band we've, we've all experienced it that it was it was just mind-blowing and obviously we're sitting here doing a kiss podcast so obviously it did mm-hmm. do something to us so. i actually want to share one more quick quick kiss concert story and, and i guess we could label it as a first uh, but it was the first time i was ever in the front row and yeah. it, it was yeah. in uh it was in what was the name of the city it was in nagoya japan so i i did the rising sun tour of japan in 2006 i went to all the shows on that tour and uh, at the time i kind of had an in and i was able to get closer to the band than maybe some other people have so staying at the same hotels, seeing the band, and being on a first-name basis with members of the band. And it was actually, it was a really, really cool time for me. So I had already spent, I think, two days in Japan before the show. So I I had seen the band, and we were joking around or or whatever have you. But um, when it came time to the show, I think I I originally I had, I was sitting a little bit farther back, but then a friend of mine was like, hey, uh, you want to sit in the front row? And I was like, fuck yeah, I just want to sit in the front row. So he he pulled me in and he sits and he goes, stay there. And I just remember that this, the, the lights went down and someone was tapping me and they were trying to move me. My friend goes, no, 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 no. He's good. And they left me alone for the rest of the show. So when I was in the front and I remember the curtain drops and they opened up with Detroit Rock City and I started crying. Like, I, it, it, was, it wasn't even like just like one tear. It was kind of like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I just couldn't. It, and, there, and I have pictures of this too because – you know, I, I, had, I had known people who were in the photo, you know, photo, they, they would take pictures, they would look over at me and then they would be taking pictures of the band and they would be like, <laughs> so they would, because, so they, him, he's crying like a little girl, let's take a picture yeah, of him. Yeah, so then, and then the funniest part, I think like five or six songs in, they played Got to Choose, which was my favorite Kiss song. And at the time, they had just started playing that song again. So mm-hmm. I was just like, right, right, and I just started crying again. And I remember Tommy came over and he, he's playing, he looks over at me and he starts He's like, he starts laughing a little bit. He motions over to Paul. He goes, look, he's crying. And they started laughing at me for crying. <laughs> and I, I was like, you, I was like, you don't know. So then the next day I had to like explain myself. I was like, you don't understand. I'm like this, I mean this, I mean the front row. And they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, we understand. All right. You're a real Nancy boy. <laughs> it, and you know what? And it, like, and every time since then, like every time the first song, I kind of get that, I kind of get that, oh, so happy. It's the best. This, this is the best. So... <laughs> But I just, I just remember that first time because that was the first time I actually just, it was like, I couldn't, I was crying so hard I couldn't even. I just was like, I can't believe it. And I have, I'll just send you the picture of those because it's, you could clearly see that I was crying the whole time. But it, it was, it was one of the best nights of my life. It really was. Absolutely. You guys, are, what about you guys? You guys ever, anybody else ever sat in the front row? Anybody else have like a, a first front row show experience like that? Yeah, first and only front row show, uh, Sacramento Valley on the farewell tour. And yeah, it, it's kind of an experience, and I can understand where Andrew's coming from on there because you're there, and all of a sudden you're really looking up. And I mean, you're straining your neck up front a little bit, to, and these guys really do appear larger than life when they're on stage there. And when the flash pots go off and the flames go, I mean, you're feeling like you're opening a barbecue. And 
it, it's just so impressive. It, it's you just haven't lived unless you've seen a band front row and a band that you love and really have an emotional connection with. Um, you know, that was just absolutely amazing. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate, I guess, that uh, you know my front row experience was the originals because that to me is you know i've been up close at other shows but that was just something very special even more so that it was unexpected i showed up for that show had no idea where i'd be sitting and boom amazing it's pretty cool i talked i talked last week and i got that blood cup in milwaukee in 09 i was sitting in the front row for that and that was that was the first time i've been in the front row that was and like i said i was talking last week that there's hardly even any barricade you could almost just reach out and touch Gene's base, and I was like, you know what, I might sit in the front row. At that point, I was like, you know what, I might sit in the front row again, and I have since then, but I'll probably never be this kind of front row where you're that physically close to the band. It was surreal. I, sat, the, I sat in the third row once on, on uh, this is funny, in 04, they did um, you know, the Rock the Nation tour, and um, my brother and I bought the meet and greet package, and our package had us sitting in the, in the third row. And my brother looks at me, and, and he's a fan, but he, he's not as big of a nutcase as I am. And he looks at me and he goes, well, Bonnie, we spent $1,000 and we're sitting in the third row. What the fuck do we have to do to sit in the third <laughs> row? And I'm like, well, I don't know, Todd. And one, and there's no one sitting in the front row. Absolutely no one. And we're like, what the hell? It's reserved for all and, the whores. And one by one, you see a, a road manager bring down girls and put them in the front row. And he goes, just because I don't have a set of tits and I paid $1,000, I can't sit in the front row. You know, I did. I did the platinum ticket on the Rock the Nation tour as well too, and I was in the second row, and I was right in the center in, on the aisle. And the show that I was at, there wasn't there wasn't a photo pit, so all those photographers were in the aisle, and they were like slamming the camera, you know, all over my shoulder. So I I dealt with it for one song, and then like I'm looking over, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, this isn't how it's gonna be. So I had my hands up, and I was see photographer, like, bam, and I was hitting them. And I was literally smashing the camera. And they were yelling, like, oh, dude, I paid $1,000. Get away from me. And one by one, they all left. All of them left. And no repercussions. You didn't get thrown out of the show for beating. No, no. And, and had I gotten thrown out of the show, it was at that time where I was kind of really getting in with knowing members of the, of the band and the crew. So had I gotten thrown out of the show, I would have been fortunate enough to be able to come back in. Or I would have had – I would have remedied the experience. But – at that time, take care of you, yeah. yeah, at the time, I was like, nobody is ruining this for me. I spent $1,000. Nobody's ruining this for me. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. All right. Um, hey, before you start your second question, I want to do a safety stop and start on the record. All right. Continue. So our second topic today on First Kisses is what's the first Kiss album you ever had? had maybe not the first one you bought we might get into that in a little bit but what's the first one it might be the same but um what's the first kiss album you ever had what what's that first album that you just played over and over and over again and just propelled your fandom ken let's start with you since i like picking on you and starting with you yeah the first and i've told this before the first album was uh alive too and uh i did buy it with my own money actually and I remember uh, riding my bike about a couple of mile or two down to a drugstore. And uh, we went in there and they had a small, usually drugstores had a smaller record kind of section, you know, vinyl and so on. And uh, 
and I saw I saw a live two there, and this is shortly after my friend who had just uh, played me Rock and Roll Over, um, but they didn't have Rock and Roll Over there. But I saw oh, this is a live two. Uh, this is you know brand new. It has the Calling Doctor Love song I heard. I'm like, okay, oh, I got to get this, so I picked it up and we went back. I, what I remember, what's funny about it, when I got home, I walk in and I, I showed my mo- mom. I said, I said, look at this, look at, look at this guy. He has blood coming out of you know, his mouth, and, and she was like, eh, no big deal. She she was cool about it. She was like, I don't know. She she let me listen to whatever I wanted, and uh, which was cool. But that was the first album. Uh, I played uh, over and over. Um, you know, you open it the the big opening of the the gatefold and the, that that great picture in the in the middle there. But then the booklet. You know, I'll, I'd be listening to it and just staring at the booklet and and so on. And you know, you got the tattoos. But uh, that that's the first one. And uh, uh, I bought it myself. I still have it. Did you use the tattoos when you were young? Did you, you not- know? You know what? I think I, yeah, yeah. I think I did. Say something, Andrew. So you're on camera pointing. Oh well, yeah. I actually, my tattoo is from. I actually took the Alive Two tattoo and got it tattooed on me. Yep, that's one of them. So yeah, I actually I did. I I was you know not thinking about collecting at the time, like we've talked about in the prior episode. I I cut up a couple. I think I used a couple of the tattoos. Yeah. But fortunately, later on, I bought like the red vinyl live too, uh, and so on, and, and it had, and it has the tattoos in it in the booklet. So I said, like, okay, I have a, you know, pristine copy of a, of the tattoos. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, that's your first Kiss album is alive too, and you open up that gate, you open up that gatefold, and there it is. You probably like there it is. draw like hips. There are the hips tattoos, and there's my Kiss alive too. There it is. And the booklet's in there, and the order form. Is that, <laughs> and, yeah. Andrew, is that the misprint? No, I don't have one. Who has oh. Julian nerding out? <laughs> Julian probably has one. Oh, I'll sell you one. Yeah? Hold, hold on one sec, guys. Lots of dollars, though. <laughs> First time I saw Andrew, actually, he was playing with a, uh, with a different Kiss tribute band. And this was... Few years, this is several years ago, and he had he had the the tattoo, and Andrew was really really. This is several years ago, so Andrew was like really young at the time. And I looked at my buddy, and I go, "Jesus, and, he still is really young." And uh, we go, we go, look how young that Peter Chris is. He go, Peter Chris was never that young. <laughs> That's right. he, he was never. So, that young. Sorry about that. I was, I just, I was I telling just, about the first time I saw you at Pop Sander, and oh, with Strutter, and when, when you were a Strutter, and I looked at, and my buddy goes. We're, we're talking about you, and we were, I, I hadn't even met you at the time yet. It was the first time I'd ever seen you. And, you know, we noticed that you had the tattoo and, and that. And we're like, look how young that Peter Chris is. Right? Peter Chris was never that young. <laughs> so. Well, you put on the makeup, and it adds 30 years to me. So there you go. <laughs> and, anyway, who's got a copy of a live two misprint they want to sell me? Just just stop the bullshit and just don't be a goddamn <laughs> copy of that. Because, you know, what, you know what makes this you This is a Kiss Trader podcast. Well, you know what makes you so mad? It's people, they post pictures. They go, look, I got three. I go, well, you can sell me one. I'll pay you. Yeah, I don't want it for free. I just, I will pay. Do you know how many copies of a live tube I, I had to look at? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I do because I've been there. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm telling and, you. I, you know, I, Andrew, I was going to ask you. You say, sell me a copy of the Alive 2 misprint. I'm like, which one? The U.S. or the Mexican? U.S. Uh, yeah. 
I'm a U.S. citizen. I don't want, you know what? And I was talking about this the other day. I don't care about other countries. I really don't. I want just a U.S. You're print. just a stuck-up American. I'm not stuck-up. I'm just saying this is what I like. <laughs> okay, no mas, my seagull. All right. First kiss I've ever had. Andrew, you're dominating okay. the show. You're, you're having a, sorry. You're having a, sorry about that. You're having a great day, so go ahead. Personality. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. At least I'm funny and cute. Um, but well, that's true. You know, actually, I, this is a really hard question to answer because my older sister and older brother at the time had them all on vinyl and cassette um, because they were around when they were like they were new. And I think I'm not even sure, but I think the first album that was actually mine was a cassette of the '85 Creatures with the non-makeup cover, mm-hmm. which I still have. And I think that was my first one, but then. I don't. I think the first one that I actually owned that was mine and not a hand-me-down was "You Wanted the Best, You Got the Best," because around the reunion tour when that was coming out, I I heard about it and I knew it was coming out, and I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, can you can you get this for me?" And she was like, "Sure, no no problem. You this will be your." I think that was my very first Kiss album was that. But I had other Kiss albums that I kind of borrowed, never gave back, or you know, someone's like, "Oh, I have this. This was you know in a pile of junk, so you can have this." And I remember that Christmas that um, I was, I had asked for Alive and Alive 2 on CD. And it was, I don't know if the remasters were out yet. That might have been the following Christmas where I got the remasters. 97 remasters. Yeah. So, so it might have been the following year that I actually got the actual CDs. But I had the vinyl. So I kind of spoiled myself. I was listening to the vinyl and I was just getting it on CD. But in, in short, I think, and this is a tough one, I think the first album was you wanted the best, you got the best. But I had had other albums before that that were just borrowed and stolen or whatever have you. Right. That's cool. Mark, I think we're boring you. What was your first? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so my uh, my first record that I got, actually I got it for uh, Christmas when I was like 14 years old. My older sister, she's like seven years older than I am. And uh, she was she was in the Kiss, I think, since they like started. And... Uh, she was always telling me, "Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get into this band." And uh, I think I was just getting into music in general a few years before that, and I was really big into Sabbath and Rush and stuff like that. But she kept telling me, "You know, you gotta check out Kiss. You gotta check out Kiss." So of course, she bought me Alive One for Christmas on vinyl, and I was like, "Okay." So I, I remember when I first opened it, and you know, they had the the pictures and the, and the notes, and you know, the notes from each band member and stuff like that. And I always thought. That was sort of odd. I'd never seen something like that before because I, you know, I hadn't really, I didn't know too much about Kiss at that point. So I remember putting it on and the greatest thing I ever did, I think, as far as getting into Kiss was when I bought that record, I went into my room, I put on those huge over-the-ear headphones and I cranked it. Yeah, yeah, just like yours there, Julian. And uh, cranked it and listened to the whole record like that and really felt that you were like, almost in the audience like that's how well Kramer did the whole production with that record it's just you really felt like you were sitting in the audience there and you know whenever the bombs went off you almost you know could almost feel it that you were like in the same room with them and the smoke and all that stuff it was really great I mean I've always said a live one and all the world's a stage by Russia my two favorite live albums of all time and they're for the same reason because they just seem to put you in the you know, like like it almost feels like you're sitting in the arena with them when they're, when they're playing, and I've always thought that that's the sign of a really great live album. 
and you know, obviously, Kiss Alive one is the is is one that's right up there for possibly the one of the greatest live albums of all time. Absolutely, Alive. That's a that's a cool one to be your first album. You know, put on the headphones. And it's the trademark of Alive to make you feel like you're you're in the audience. Julian, this is a good question for you. This might be a burning question on the FAQ. Is what was Julian's first Kiss record? Julian's not even a Kiss fan. He doesn't even own any of the albums. He's just he just runs the FAQ. <laughs> yeah, that's almost tempting to to say. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and when I answer the question with what my first Kiss album was, I, I mean, I've answered it on several other episodes, so it's not going to come as a surprise to many people. Uh, Asylum, December nineteen eighty five. I, yeah. right, a, right after becoming a fan, um, I went. Here I was born. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got some money for my birthday and straight down to Kmart on my bicycle, slipping and sliding in Binghamton. Bought it and Motley Crue's Theater of Pain at the same time, and those are my my first two heavy metal albums. And you know, I absolutely played the shit out of Asylum, and I still will to this day. Um, you know. <laughs> I can't get the images out of my head. Whenever I play it, I have Paul Stanley's freaking fingers doing those stupid things. Um, yes. Yes. And Paul and uh, Bruce falling over. So obviously I'm very tied up with the videos that were in high uh, rotation on MTV at the time visually. But that was it. First album. Oh, you've even got a sticker on the cover. Yes, I do. The hype sticker. <laughs> yeah, I would get my copy out. It's right behind me. It's a promo. But... <laughs> Well, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like Andrew in that my my older brother had Kiss Kiss cassettes. He had Destroyer and he had an original Creatures of the Night cassette the, with the original cover on it. And I remember years later when I saw the the '85, I was like, "What is this? That's not Creatures of the Night. Creatures of the Night's the other cover." But um, the first Kiss album that I had was was Animalize. Um, on cassette, of course. And Andrew's going to show off Animalize because we don't know what it looks like. And it's still sealed. <laughs> it's still sealed. And that's the best way for Animalize to be. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Such so, a great album. <laughs> but I, I bet I did. I played this shit out. I Animalize on cassette and I wore out the cassette. I played it so much. And I think I just told the story here that, you know, my mom was not really on board with my Kiss fandom, especially at a young age. And when you opened up the the cassette, it had the picture of the band standing on that, that stream of fire or whatever. And mom thought they were, they were satanic and she did not approve. So she, uh, she confiscated that and told me that, that the dog ate my, my album cover. <laughs> but, um, first album, but then the first time I ever bought, and I was pretty young. I was maybe five or six, I guess when I got that animalized, but the first time I ever bought with my own money was, was revenge in in ninety two, so and that stop laughing at me, Mark. And again, that that album was was kind of like was, I compare that to shit a reunion show. I'm like, I'm just ignore you guys. So I can tell my story and story of my uh, life. And um, that that's that album. It's kind of like the first Kiss show I ever saw. It just kind of propelled me in, into a higher state of, of Kiss fandom after I got Revenge and and seeing the band kind of rejuvenated with with the new look and and then kind of a, a much 
not kind of a much different sound than, than they had been releasing in, in previous years. So, um, so, and I, and I, I talk about revenge on here all the time. People are probably tired of me talking about it, but that's an album that just always stuck with me because it's the first time I ever bought with my own money. And it's just, you know, propelled me in the higher state. And you guys, I think most of you guys have said that the first time you ever had was actually the first time you ever bought with your own money. So, um, well, Mark, what about you then? Well, the first one I ever bought my own cash actually was Lick It Up. Um, as after I got into the whole Alive thing there, my uh, I think my sister bought me one other record. I think that was, uh, I think it was Destroyer she got me. And uh, so I, I enjoyed that one too. And then um, I remember later on when I was starting to get more and more into it, the, I, I saw on MTV and much music here in Canada they were starting to play you know, a lot of Kiss videos, and for some reason I had seen Lick It Up, and I just wanted to grab that album because I, at that point I, I hadn't really heard that material too much, so I went out and bought that one with my own cash. I remember it was one of the, I think that was one of the summers I had a some full-time summer job, and I grabbed that, and I grabbed a bunch of other ones, but that was actually my first actual purchase of my own cash with Lick It Up and I didn't didn't regret it. It's not it's not my favorite KISS album, but it's definitely not my least favorite, so I, I really uh thought it was a purchase well made. Very nice. Julian's left the show. <laughs> but we're gonna continue on. Um what about this? What about the first KISS band member you ever met? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, don't meet, don't meet your idols because it might change your opinion of them in a bad way, especially, if, obviously, if you have a bad experience. But the first time you met a KISS band member, did you meet the whole band at once? Did you meet, you know, one of them individually? And, you know, did it, did it make you feel different about that person after you met them? Julian, let's go with you first. Uh, first KISS member I met would be Bruce Kulick, and this was at the Indie Expo. In was it ninety nine or two thousand? I can't remember which one of the two. And I actually interviewed him in his hotel room there, so got to spend some quality time with Bruce. And he was just awesome. You know, number one, I was doing my one of my first interviews for the website with um, anyone who mattered in person. Um, but he was just so awesomely positive about everything. If I said anything that could be construed as being slightly negative, a dig on Kiss at that point, even though he left the band, he would always bring it back around to a very positive answer, and he was very defensive for, of the band still. And, um, you know, it, it was just a great experience to meet someone, number one, who's just so damn nice. Um, I, I don't think he could ask for better. I don't think I've ever heard anyone ever say that they met Bruce Kulik and it wasn't a positive experience. I think he is one of the nicest and most down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you I've, know... I, and you've heard of stories about, oh, I met Ace and he, he didn't sign my whatever, and Peter, he was a dick when I met him. But I've never, ever heard anyone talk about Bruce Kulik and say it wasn't a positive experience. You know, I've heard horror stories of from people. I mean, I was uh, on a podcast for three hours the other night, and wow, some, the story of someone else's first meeting of the band 
you know, and, and it was all four of them at once, was so so negative and so depressing that, you know, it must really kill people when they catch any of these guys on a bad day and do have a negative interaction. I mean, I've I've met, I think, pretty much everyone except for Vinny and our deceased members of the band, and all of them have been absolutely awesome um, as people, whether I'm on the periphery of things going around and it's just a casual high or, you know, in the meet and greets. They better be nice because, obviously, people are paying for meet and greets, so um, I, I really kind of discount those meetings, but, you know, Bruce... Couldn't I? You know, you just can't come up with the superlatives that really do that guy justice. He's awesome. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Mark, what about you? Well, um, I'm gonna have to agree with uh, Julian there. Um, I go to the Nam show every year because, uh, like I said before, I got, I got a few guitar endorsement deals, and as part of it, I get passes to go to the Nam show in California, and. Uh, what I love about that is that because it's not open to the public, it's only open to musicians who have some sort of deal with a company. You don't have the, the the people that go there, the musicians themselves, don't feel you know like they have to hide themselves because they don't have those people running at them. Oh my god, you know, like trying to get autographs. It's always just people on the level that are musicians, like they are. So you can meet everybody. I met everybody from John Petrucci to Alan White to all kinds of people there. And my favorite Kiss person. That I've met my first one I've actually met is Bruce Kulick. And I never forget I met him at the ESP booth and we started talking about guitars and his girlfriend at the time was there with him and she she was the one right away who was like, Hey well, you wanna get a picture with Bruce? And I was like, Yeah, sure. I gave him the, my camera and got a picture with him and he and he actually took the time to sit and talk about guitars and all kinds of other stuff. And, you know, it wasn't even about KISS, it was just about music in general and he was a really, really nice guy. I mean, the only other guy that I've ever uh, saw that was like that as well was Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden. And as long as you didn't talk about Iron Maiden, he was cool. Because I think he's so sick of talking about that stuff that when you catch these guys at these kind of shows, you know, the best trick to do is not talk about their band. Because they'd rather talk to you about anything else but that at that point. Because they're, you know, they're, they're enough as it is to kind of, you know, do a promotional thing for the company that they're involved with so you know just talking to them about anything else is probably on their menu a lot better than talking about the band but uh yeah bruce is awesome great guy um every time i've went to them i've always you know had a chance to go by and say hey how's it going and talk to him and he's a uh, really easy to talk to and to get along with and I don't think I have a bad thing I could ever say about that guy. He's a really cool guy. Absolutely. Andrew, let's hear from you. I can't remember if it was Bruce or Mark St. John that I met first. And they were both at the old uh, Rothman Center, East Rutherford, New Jersey, KISS conventions of the, the late 90s. I can't remember. I, I can't remember which one I met first. I was supposed to meet Ace first because I went to the, the same New York convention in 92 or 93 where Ace was the guest. And uh, that band Firehouse was huge at the time, and they showed up, and it was mayhem. And I was a little kid, so uh, you know, my dad was like, "We gotta go. This is we gotta get out of here." So we left, and I never got to meet Ace. So I think the actual first member was either Mark St. John or it was Bruce. And because I was really young at the time, I was twelve or thirteen, somewhere around there, and I didn't really understand the the significance of meeting either one of those. I got. Uh, Mark to sign another Animalized record that I have, and I got Bruce to sign something. I don't remember what I haven't signed. I have so many Bruce autographs now. 
but they were both real nice. And it, it, those are both really uneventful. The first eventful meeting was uh, January 9th, 2000 at the New York Custom Guitar Show where I met both Ace and Paul at the same, on the same day. And I had met Paul and I was, I was 14 and I was like, oh my, oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting Paul Stanley. He signed my first album and it was, he, was, he couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been nicer. And since then, I've had several run-ins with the band. Uh, Lonnie, you were you were there at the Indie Expo, and Eric picked Eric on likes me. To, Eric likes to pick on Andrew. Literally all it's day. It's hilarious. And it wasn't like I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It was literally all day. I had to MC the event, and literally all day I'd be MCing, and Eric would be like, "Shut up!" Just yelling at me. And Andrew just likes to hear himself talk. <laughs> and it wasn't even like that. And it, and it was like, and it was to the point where like Eric's sister was saying. I'm so sorry, my brother's a dick. I'm like, no, it's cool. We're cool. Don't, it's we're cool. So, <laughs> and he, he, but it was literally the whole day. Anyway, I, I, I got on a sidetrack, but it, it was either Bruce or 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 Mark St. John. Both were very nice. I just can't remember which came first. Ken, what about you? But my first time, actually, it's the only time is was the uh, the kind of the meet and greet, uh, a live three signing that they had uh out here and um it, it was like meeting it was meeting them all at the same time they were they you know big long line of us getting in line to and they were uh all four of them were behind a table and uh i, I think the first one i you know shook hand with was paul stanley i do remember that i think it was paul then it went to bruce and then it went to a gene and then it went to Eric. Um, but I think the longest I talked to anyone because they were just, you know, in and out, you know, let's get you guys out of, you know, out of here. Um, I talked to Eric, uh, singer the longest, uh, for a short, you know, short period, but, uh, yeah, it was cool. They were all, you know, it wasn't long enough to get much of a, a feeling for, but they were all cordial and, and nice to everyone that I saw before me and after me. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to. I, I'm, I think the next time they come around uh, to doing the you know the meet and greet um, package, which I haven't done. So, I'm going to go for that. Oh, hell yeah! You, you, you should really, too. you should really I'll, do I'll, it. I'll see you there. You should, it's fantastic. You should do it. I was lucky enough to be able to attend the uh, the last time they were in Toronto. I, I attended the meet and greet there, so I got to go to the acoustic set, and it's it's literally so cool. It's so cool to the intimate acoustic set. They do like five or six songs, but it's cool. And they they come around and they they'll spend time with with each and every person. It's like you know a minute or two, but they'll sign whatever you want. They'll take individual pictures with you, and then you get ushered back in to take the uh, the picture and makeup. You know, see me when I attended, I kind of I was just helping out the other fans. If someone needed a picture, I was like, here, I'll take the picture for you. I mean, because I didn't need any more pictures. I didn't need any autographs either. I didn't even I didn't even want that. I just wanted to be be part of the uh, the experience. And uh, I guess a funny little story about that, that same thing is so I was there and I'm helping other fans get pictures and uh, I just asked Gene, I go, hey Gene, can we just get a, get a quick picture together? I just kind of want one. And he, he pulls me in and he goes, absolutely, Paul McCartney. Because I guess it's a running joke with Gene and I that he says I look like Paul McCartney. So every time he says that, I'm like, well, at least this guy remembers me. So that's kind of cool. He knows who you are. He doesn't remember my name, but he says you're the Paul McCartney kid that I always say looks like Paul McCartney. So it's very cool. So anyway, do do the meet and greet. It's awesome. Money well spent. Yeah, you know yeah. I, I haven't done the meet and greet since two thousand and four, so I am keen to do it again. I mean, when I went to Vegas last year, I went up and asked her, "Can you get the meet and greet still?" You know, here's my credit card. 
come on, I want to <laughs> do it. I want to do it. It was a last minute thing, uh, and they weren't selling them on the spot. So if, mm-hmm. if you do it, get in early and you know make that decision and get a spot. I want to see how they've changed in what eleven, twelve. It'll be twenty sixteen probably in twelve years since I last did it. And mm-hmm. I guess it'll be a novel thing to actually pay for one. So. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I met any band member was at the Indie Kiss Expo in 2003. They had it in the fall of 2003, actually, that year. Um, Eric was playing with Alice Cooper at the time, and they seized that opportunity to have Eric as a special guest at, at Indie in 2003, and they had it in, in October. Um, and Eric was Eric was sick that day. But he was still there and did a Q&A with everybody and was very nice, answered any questions and signed. And, you know, you got in line and you signed him, signed, not signed him. He signed whatever you wanted for you. And it was, it was looking back on it, it was really surreal because a week later, one week later, they announced, this was October 2003. Or no, no, I take it back. It was October of 2002 because one week later they announced that, Kiss was going to play with the symphony in Australia with Peter Chris. And prior to that, the last gig that Kiss had performed was with Eric on the drums. So Eric, Eric was really, you know, he, he wasn't a jerk or anything, but he, I, I think he knew kind of what was going on and the writing was on the wall that, that he wasn't going to do that. And originally he thought he was going to end up doing the symphony show. And then a week later they're in Australia with, with Peter Chris, Gene Paul and Peter. So, but you know, he, you know, he, he was professional. Obviously he didn't give any hints or anything that he wouldn't be doing that or he didn't give any hints about any kind of thing going on in Australia. Um, but he was very nice. He signed anything that he wanted in the sign, you know, talk to you a little bit about whatever, like kind of like what Mark was saying. If you talk to these guys about, anything but their band they're a little more um keen to talk to you and you know i talked to eric about about sports eric's a big sports guy he'll he'll talk to me all all day about sports so he was a very nice guy um then the first time i ever met the band in general is, is in 2004 then um i did the the meet and greet no four like i was saying and they were very obviously very cool and every one of them just as nice as the day is long and didn't ruin what my you know like people say don't meet your idols it it made me respect them even more because they are so down to earth and so nice and so cordial cordial to their fans as opposed to you hear other horror stories and even even the times i've met the other guy at met ace and peter they're always very nice always never never been a jerk or anything like that and i've heard stories from from friends of mine that say like no you know, like Peter wouldn't sign this for me. He like literally like ran away from me or something when I asked him for an autograph. So there you go, Andrew. Oh. This FAQ. This FAQ. Now that's such nice. a Julian. I mean, <laughs> glad to see someone wearing those pieces of shit because I hate those t-shirts with a passion. I like them. I thought it's cool. Yeah, um, I haven't. He's had working my... on a new one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do anything further with that one actually. Uh, I like that. Uh, that love gun silhouette one that the I can't remember who came up with the idea on the board. I'm not into t-shirts. I don't wear those freaking things anyway. Okay, Lon. All right. Huh? I said, what are you wearing now? Boring green t-shirt. 
with, with no logos on it, no advertising, and certainly yeah. no kiss. It's not it's not that green kiss army thing that they send oh, with right, the membership right. packs. Uh, right. I throw I, I, I throw those in the garbage. Awful, awful. It's, I clean my car with those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lonnie, take us into right. our next question. Or did we cover everyone? Well, we'll do we'll do another one. So, another one that we throw out there is your first Kiss song you ever heard. Did it like hook you immediately? Like, I know we talked about how you know the first Kiss album you had, but what what hooked you on the band? Did you hear a song coming from your older sibling's room and it's like, what is that? And did that and that did that draw you in and hook you immediately, or or did it, did it take you time? Was your fandom not immediate? Um. So what was your first? What, do you do you remember the first Kiss song you ever heard? Or your first Kiss listening experience? And you guys are nodding. So Mark, let's go to you. Um, let's hear your first Kiss experience listening. Well, uh, I clearly remember I was with uh, with my uh, sister. I think she was babysitting. I was living in an apartment building just outside of Toronto, and uh, she took me over to one of her friends' places that was like a floor below us. And this guy had like tons of Kiss stuff, and he was always listening to Kiss. And I remember the very first song I ever heard from Kiss was there, and I remember it was Ladies' Room. He was listening to Alive too. And I remember it was that song because I clearly remember that drum fill with the cowbell. The like as soon as I, I I always remember hearing that fill and thinking when I first heard that I'm like what is that like and because it was a live version of it too so there was you know audience and all kinds of stuff and I remember the first time I heard it, I thought it was you know I thought it was pretty catchy and it was a uh, something very electrifying about that performance, you know, being that it's from a, a live, you know, album. And, uh, yeah, I just, I always thought it was odd that that, that song was my first Kiss song that I heard because, you know, I, you always figure that when you're going to go in and listen to something, you always figure that the first time you hear it, you probably hear, like, the first song off a record would be the first one that you would hear. But I caught this, this obviously, like, you know, midstream. He was probably already listening to it when we got there for a little while, so, uh, but it was a, yeah, I, that song was my introduction to Kiss, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still dig the song today, I kind of wonder why they don't play it more often, because it's, you know, pretty catchy, I think a lot of people would like to hear it still, but, um, yeah, it's, that was my introduction to Kiss, was Ladies Room, from Alive to Boy, the odds on, for you gamblers out there, first Kiss song you ever heard of ladies room the odds on that would have been really high so um um ladies room, that's a that's a good one um andrew what about you let's hear from you it was actually shouted out loud and um i i guess i think it was on betamax because uh i had a betamax copy of kiss me the fan of the park that was taped from the original airing in 78 so and it didn't have the beginning so it didn't have the rock and roll night intro you know, and it might not have been an original airing. It might have been an NBC late night airing. Regardless, it was an early airing of Kiss Me the Fan in the Park that I had on Betamax. And at the time, I had the comic book, and then my sister was like, "Hey, there, there was a movie, so let's let's watch it." So I, I'm watching the movie. And I, I didn't know there were I didn't know there were a music group. I thought there were superheroes. I thought there was Spider Man, Captain America, and Kiss. So I heard shouted out loud, and I was like, "Whoa, they're a band." And I, I kind of just forgot that they were a, a band until a couple years later when I was like, wait, I, wait, 
this is that same and I, I put two and two together and that's when I started you know getting all those cassette tapes and records so it was shout out loud and I remember that because I remember watching the Kiss Meets the Phantom and that was the first song they did when they came on and I was like whoa this is so cool hooked ever since Shout it out loud. I'll shout it out loud. Well, obviously, we know that it's the Destroyer version on there, so um, right. I guess you could say that. But I heard it from Kiss Me to Phantom. Very cool. Very cool. Ken, what about you? Well, the first one was... The actual first song I heard was I Want You, where I, uh, my friend had me over in his, his room, and he says, listen to this, you know, and I was like, you know acoustic you know guitar playing i thought it's all right then it just blares in you know after that uh with the heavy guitars coming in and uh you know i was like oh this is wow this is something different you know <laughs> and uh i think he played the full first side of the album and uh i remember hearing calling dr love i would say calling dr love is probably my first favorite song of kiss um though the first actual song was I Want You which is a great song on its own too but uh, that was it and that ever since then I w- I've been hooked everybody gets hooked right away apparently Julian did you get hooked right away no sorry <laughs> you know uh, first song I, I don't know what the first song was that I heard it was either Deuce or Black Diamond and of course I moved to America in December 78 and as I started school um, the following January there was a talent uh, talent show on uh, at MacArthur Elementary in Binghamton New York and someone <laughs> was dressed up on stage uh, wearing tinfoil and black tights and doing the kiss shtick and miming that's out what to, most tribute bands do now yeah miming my, well they were miming to deuce and black diamond were the two songs um did it stick with me no i i just wasn't into music enough at, at that time for it to be anything more than a, a buried memory now so um it took me a few years later to kind of musically progress from rubber soul and sergeant peppers and John Lennon, Shea Fish, into into heavy metal. You know, I got there through Quiet Riot and Def Leppard. Um, but it, it's kind of odd that Deuce is my all-time favorite song. So there you go. One of the first songs I ever heard is the most important song in the canon to me. And if I don't hear that live, I'm an unfucking happy customer. It's <laughs> your language, Julie. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Um, my first Kiss listening experience, um, was off of a Destroyer cassette tape that my brother had. And I remember going into his room and he was playing Detroit Rock City and I heard that and I just, I heard it and I was like, wow, that's really, really, really good. You know, obviously it's like, it's incredible. And then he showed me the cassette tape, you know, and you have, you have to squint a little bit the to see it, because even like the cassette tape, it was like cut in half, the picture was cut in half, you know, so they didn't have to change the image. You could barely see that, what the, what the, what the image was. I was like, this is badass, you know, and I, I fell in love with it immediately. And maybe because my other older brother, he was really into like the Oak Ridge Boys and like some really twangy country. So the fact that my other brother showing me Kiss, really like, wow, this is a lot better than what Aaron's listening to. So it just hooked me right away and... 
we literally wore out that destroyer tape literally that to the fact to the point that it wouldn't even play anymore at all we just listened to that so so much so unlike julian i was i was hooked right away on the band from the first time i heard him and i was like toddler almost so you know from the five of us that's a really good bunch of songs that we've just listed being the first ones we ever heard i mean deuce black diamond um you know detroit rock city shout it out loud yeah um ken what was yours i want i want you core songs yeah and ladies room so i mean that's a fantastic core of the kiss catalog to be i'm just glad it's no no none of the 80s songs i'm glad someone's like yeah the first song i heard was i'm alive and i'd be like why are you a fan why? I, why? Like, I heard no, 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 and I was hooked ever since. That was yeah. If I heard no, 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 I'd be like, "This man sucks." You know, I was this. read my body, man. That was the first. Oh. The, you know, someone was Cadillac being... dreams. Yeah. You know, but Lonnie, Lonnie, what I was gonna say is uh, the that I was thinking about while you guys were talking is uh, I probably heard them on the radio. Yeah. Maybe in like '75, uh, I used to you know fall asleep to my radio. Like before going to school or whatever, uh, or it was on a school night or something like that. You said, you know, just have my radio on a timer, right? It, that to play for I don't know how long, half hour, hour, and I just fall asleep while the radio is playing. But I remember certain songs, but I don't remember. You know, I almost want to say I I did hear it, uh, Rock and Roll All Night Live at one point, but I I don't remember it. You know, so it's possible I just never heard it, um, but I never picked up on it. I hate rock and roll at night. Because <laughs> you're in a tribute band, you have to play it every night. But no, even before that, if I ever, if the next time I hear that, if I never hear that song again, it's still too soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you guys have any other first you want to cover, or do we, can we do one more? Yeah. We is there, one. What about what is there? What, what else is on the list? We could do. What is? This might be a fun one with Andrew here this week. When was the first time you ever, have you ever, and when was the first time you ever put on Kiss Makeup? Andrew, let's throw it to you for that one. Hold on, hold on. I have a picture of it, so just give me a second. Oh, I bet you look really cute in it. <laughs> Looks like a little Paul McCartney all dressed up in makeup. <laughs> okay, so the first time I ever put on Kiss Makeup, I was a kid. I was maybe five years old. I didn't do it myself, but I got the picture in here somewhere. Uh, actually, here's another. Here's the me meeting Mark St. John. I look like Fred Savage. Oh, Andrew, you look so cute. You look adorable. I know. I know. <laughs> well, there's that. But what a, I know what I a have, wonder boy. Yeah, exactly. I know I got the picture in here. I was young. I was real, real young. All right. Um, there's that one. I know there's another one in here. Well, uh, okay, I, have, so, I have Beatles songs going in my head right now. <laughs> All right, so here it is. It's a, it, it was taken on like a, an older camera, so it's a little unclear. But my favorite as a kid was Ace. So here's me at four years old, dressed up as Ace Freely. So that's me, and I had a, like a, a Fisher Price guitar or something. But yeah. there's another picture that I'll have to dig out from the same day. That's a little bit clearer. But uh, I don't know if you can see, it, but that's me dressed up as Ace, and. Um, I just I remember and it was right after I'd watched Kiss Meets the Phantom and seen the comic and all that stuff and I was I just wanted to put on the makeup. I just I couldn't I was like, Oh, I want to put on the makeup, but can someone do it for me? So my I think my mom or sister did it for me at the time. And uh after that I didn't do the makeup for a long time. A long, long, long time. 
I did it when I was a kid, and then maybe I didn't do it again until I was like maybe 17 or 18, right before I did my first tribute show. Someone did a makeup test on me because I didn't think I was going to look like Peter Chris. I'm like, I don't look anything like this guy. And someone put the makeup on me, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I look a lot like him in the makeup. Transformation. And then as I, as I started perfecting the makeup a little more, I was like, Whoa, I look just like him. This is, and the first five or six times I did it, it was, it was really freaking me out. And I was putting the makeup on. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I, and it wasn't an ego thing. It wasn't me going, hey, screw you guys. I look just, it, was, it was a thing where I was like, I couldn't believe that that makeup transformed me so much. <laughs> And as I learned to, to proportion it to my face and, and match up certain points in my face, it, it was like a transformation. As I would be doing it, I'd be like, oh, this is amazing. I mean, now I just I slap it on. It's like a second skin. But those, those first couple times when I did it, I was like, holy crap. And so aside from those times doing Ace when I was a little kid and obviously doing Peter now, and then I did Eric Carr one time, I've never worn any other Kiss makeup before that. Never. It was, I've never been Gene, never been Paul, never been Vinny, obviously. But obviously, the most I've done is, is Peter. That's cool. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have picked up the first kiss memory you ever put on the makeup as was, was Ace. Really, that's, Ace. Yeah, it's a good story. Ken, this was your topic, so this was your idea, wasn't it? So, what's your? Yeah, you? um, I remember doing it uh, nineteen seventy eight was the first time, and. Uh, uh, I think it was, it was me and uh, four or uh, three other guys. We all put the kiss makeup on. Um, I remember going and buying the uh, the kiss the makeup kit, the kiss one. Kiss you ruined the good makeup. You ruined the. I did. I actually I, I went through two of those two years in a row. Kit? No, no. What's what's the makeup? Was there a song for the makeup? No, no. There was only a song for the. It makeup. was a. Co- yeah, it was a commercial. And the mom um, walking in, they're playing. Kiss this your face. Yeah. The guy kiss your face, him. right? He's like just. <laughs> So I remember doing that. I remember uh, I I know I have a picture of it, um, but I was uh, the times I've done put the makeup on. I, I've always been Gene Simmons. So uh, I remember putting it on. Uh, you know, this is shortly around, uh, like I said, seventy eight. So this is solo album time, and uh, we went to a. What's funny about it is this. <laughs> We went to a, a roller rink. They had a Halloween thing there, and we had the makeup on. People dressed up, and it was roller skating. And uh, so we went roller skating, and I was in the kiss makeup. And I think I, what I did to my hair, I, I used that black spray where you can spray your hair, and and I, I sprayed it black. And then I, my hair was just long enough to tie tie a little deal on the top of my head uh, with a rubber band. And uh, but I remember I like. Uh, being able to, uh, you know, ask girls to go skating uh, around the rink and, where you wouldn't want you wouldn't do it before, or they probably wouldn't want to go. Raise your confidence. The, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't reject you. It's like it's <laughs> like it's like holy, this is this is different. You know that this is so easy <laughs> uh, with the Gene Simmons makeup on. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was the first time. I think we did about you know the same thing a year later. Um, but and again, I bought another kit. I remember having to do my friends. He couldn't draw the star on his eyes, so I, I did it for him, uh, and it came out pretty darn good. It came out better on him, me doing it on him, than me doing Gene Simmons on myself. It was kind of you know, a little bit hokey the first time. 
Mark, what about you? You ever dress up as a member of? The funny thing is, uh, my older sister there again. She started getting into graphic artist artistry stuff when she was about to go into college. And when we were still living in the apartment, she I remember she called me and asked me to corral three more of my friends over for Halloween because she wanted to do the kiss makeup designs on some people. So she volunteered us to do it. So she got us all in one room. And I got to say, she did like an absolutely like fantastic job. The only thing I remember of it that kind of annoyed me was that I had just started playing guitar at that time. And I desperately wanted to be either Paul or Ace. And for some reason, she assigned me to Peter Chris, And I was so pissed off. I was like, I don't want to be him. You know, being the guitar player, I wanted to be Ace or somebody else, right? But she did a really great job doing it. And it turned out really cool. And I remember we had one of those, I don't know if you, know, if you guys have seen something like this, but in an apartment building, they would have like these little contests at the bottom floor where they would corral all the kids together and see who had the best costumes and you would get like a little prize, right? And I remember we, we wanted our group for being dressed up as Kiss. It was really, really well done. And I, I mean, she went out and got us all wigs and stuff like that because we were all young then, right? And then, uh, but as the, but for my kind of a, uh, uh, an interesting point later on when I started being in bands and stuff like that I remember they had a jam night here one time for Halloween years ago and I got a bunch of my friends that played in other bands as well and we all got dressed up as Kiss and I was able to do myself as Ace finally for that and we went up and played like about I don't know six or seven Kiss songs for Halloween for that time and uh, and it was, it was cool because you know I already had long hair at that point so it was a lot easier to kind of do it that way right but uh it was it was cool I, that was the two times i did it was once when i was young and then a lot later on when i was doing it with a couple of bandmates from other bands it was it was good it was i think my sister still did it better than we did it because you know by that point when we decided to go and do it you know we were already you know at my place and you know drinking beers galore and like yeah let's go and let's go to this jam night tonight so the start was a little off because you know we're half in the bag at that point right but it's it, it ended up being pretty cool because we you know we, we played the songs really cool and it went it went it was really cool i kind of i kind of have fond memories of the, those times doing it especially the second time because i can remember that a little bit more than when i was a kid but yeah it was really cool that's fun. That's a cool story. Now, I'm going to place a wager before we ask Julian, but I'm going to say Julian has never put on the makeup. Well, Julian doesn't even like Kiss. So, that's I mean, true. I'm not that's really true. That's true also. <laughs> Correct. I have never put on Kiss makeup. I have no desire to either, for that matter. <laughs> not I, even I, the Asylum makeup. I, if I put on Kiss makeup with my face, I would look like some Norwegian death metal band. So... Not true. Not true. Very it's heavy. It's all about proportions. No, maybe. I'm telling you, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, "Oh, he doesn't look bad now. Keep it on." He's That's like, what people say to me. Like a like a chunky Peter Gross. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> he had that face. All right, Lonnie. He's, I think I've seen pictures of you as someone. I have. I dressed up as Paul Stanley over the weekend. Actually, it was, it was pretty hot. And uh, actually, the first person I ever dressed up as was Paul Stanley. Um, it was when I was in co college. I was a freshman in college, and I was in the uh, in the uh, the jazz band. We would play at a um, football game on Saturday. It was Halloween, and I dressed up as as Paul Stanley for that. And 
my sister-in-law actually put on the makeup for me. I didn't know what I was doing, and she said, oh, I could do it for you. So she put it, put it on me as, as Paul Stanley. Paul and Gene are the only ones I've ever dressed up as, but it was it was kind of cool. And I remember driving. I was I was in college where I was li- I was living at home, and um, I remember my dad seeing me with the Paul Stanley makeup on, just kind of shaking his head at me. And he goes, "So you, are you? He goes, what are you, are you getting ready to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting ready to leave." Well, please don't speed or run any red lights because if you get pulled over, you're definitely gonna get a ticket. <laughs> So, um, luckily, I did not get a, I didn't get pulled over that day. But it was, it was, it's a different experience. I guess it's, 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 it's fun. It's just one of the unique things about being a Kiss fan. You know, it's, you can dress up as your, as your favorite member. So, it just kind of makes things a little more fun. Unless you're Julian and you're a stick in the mud and you refuse. No, to- no, 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 no. no. <laughs> if I, if I'm gonna dress up as someone, I'd rather look like Lemmy. That's much easier. You got to have that little, uh, that that growth. <laughs> No, you just yeah. throw on just on a, a t-shirt and a trench coat. I mean, yeah, th- that's as far as Ira went. Hey, you know what? I actually saw some guy on one of the Kiss cruises. He dressed up as Revenge Gene. He had the shirt that said "Blow Me Blind," and he had the uh, <laughs> yes. he had the raccoon wig, and he had a, a long leather jacket. I go, that's actually really cool. That's actually really cool that he did that. that, I thought that, it was that is actually a cool point, Andrew, about people dressing up as the band. Is that on the cruise, like you? When the cruise I went on, you'd see like a guy he dressed up as like Crazy Nights Paul Stanley and had like the basketball jersey on that Paul yeah, on that, yeah. and it, it's kind of fun. You see like some different variations of, of people dressed up as as like even non makeup versions of the band, which is really kind of fun. I actually was gonna the last cruise I went on, I was actually gonna dress up as Garth Algar. I had the costume and everything, but I, I was too drunk to remember to put it on. So I can't believe that at all. <laughs> Hey, it was my vacation. I was drunk all five of those days. It was awesome. <laughs> Kiss Cruise 2. I don't think Andrew has like any memories from Kiss Cruise 2 at all. <laughs> well, he, this is actually really funny. Kiss Cruise 3, I, I heavily drank at Kiss Cruise 3 because I, I really needed the vacation at the time. And I was drunk while the Sail Away show was going on. And I just remember the Sail Away show. I'm like, they only play like three songs. And then like people were showing <laughs> me clips. And I was like, I don't remember that. They didn't play that song. And I go, oh, my God, they did play that song. What was I doing? Why? Like I was – and there's a really funny picture of me uh, on Facebook where I was drunk and someone took a picture. I'm like this. I'm like – but the funniest part about it is I just spilled a drink. So there was an entire drink that was just spilled down my shirt. I didn't even know. That's like a nine dollar beer on the cruise. I was so I was so hammered that I I didn't puke, but like later that night I had to stop and be like, guys, just wait, I I just need a minute right now. I'm I need a minute. And I had to sit down. They were like, You okay? I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I just I just need a minute. (laughs) But it didn't stop me. The whole the whole cruise drunk. Whole whole time drunk. So everyone who's setting out on the cruise, what when do they take off today? Today it departs. Yeah, and you know what? I want to mention something about that too because there's a there's a thread on the FAQ about that, obviously. And Paul just posted a picture of, I guess, the shoes that he's bringing on. They're actually really cool shoes. Yeah. And some guys like, look at the pill bottle underneath there. I'm like, dude, what is the matter with you? He's sixty something years old. Yeah, he might need something for a any blood pressure or something. I, I can't I can't imagine something that I enjoy like Kiss and then being like, oh yeah, look at that guy. He's taking pills. I can't imagine doing that. But you got these people. That consistently, they just want to shit all over everything that they Anything. do. All oh, they're worried about, like, you know, they're like, I, I was, I got into a back and forth the other day. Someone was saying, "Do we even know that they're going to wear the alive suits?" And I'm like, so I posted a picture because 
if you if you follow certain members of the crew on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, they posted a costume fitting a jean with the Elijah boots. I go, well, this is how we know. And then once I had the proof, he shut up. So I'm, I'm like, all they want to do is just argue. And I don't want to argue about Kiss. Kiss is something fun, and I still enjoy it. You know, I've so, become so used to just tuning out all that bullshit static, but I got to say there was one good response to, what the hell are those pills? And one of them, Paul Stanley officially licensed live to win pills. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really good but I, I can't believe that I can't believe he posts a picture and you know whenever Paul posts I'm like eh, it's pretty cool it's cool to see that and someone's like forget about the shoes look at the pills I'm like dude get a life yeah it's like, it. it's like why focus on bullshit irrelevancy Paul's obviously happy he's going out on this and sharing a picture of him packing don't fucking overanalyze his goddamn luggage. I mean, for God's sake, get a life. Completely, I completely agree with you. Says, the, can... says one of the guys doing a podcast uh, that delves into the minutiae. Get, get a life. Get a life. I don't know if I was any but, people should be but, telling that to anybody. But well, no, but here's but what I, I guess I should clarify that. What I mean by that is, like, don't purposely shit on something because you have nothing better to do. You know, we're, we're doing this because this is cool. This is fun. It's cool to talk about Kiss. We all still enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't mess it up for other people. You know? There's a lot of there's a lot of bitter musicians out there. Let me tell you that that have nothing better to do than to pick on people that are you know more that succeeded more in this than they did. So they have nothing better to do than to shit on people like that. It happens in every level of musicianship I've seen. I'm sure you've probably experienced it too, Andrew. I'm sure. Ten, right? ten, ten. Yeah. So and and I'll share I'll share a brief story and then and then I'll shut up. I promise. Am I going to have to uh, edit this one out? No, no. This is okay, this is not like the sound out. of his own voice, Julian. Let him okay. talk. This, awesome, Andrew. Go for it. This is this is a good story. You know, I have most of my friends that live around town with me. They don't uh, they don't like Kiss. So when they come over and they they see all the Kiss posters, ever like I have the Dynasty posters up and my solo album posters. I got a big Kiss blanket on my bed and. You know, one, uh, one of my this big kiss blanket on his. Well, no, well, actually, one of my girlfriends came over and she's like, "You bring girls here? Like they stay there? <laughs> <laughs> they stay there?" And then, so I had to explain to her, and it, and it didn't. I've never, I haven't always been like this. It took me a long time to get here. Where I say, you know what? Do you know why this is cool? It's cool because there's nothing sexier when someone just does what they like and they they surround themselves with their passion. They do with it. There's nothing sexier than that. So yes. Me having kiss posters up, you might not think it's cool, but somebody's going to be like, you know what? It's so cool that Andrew just does what he likes. He wears kiss shirts every day. He goes to see kiss. He does this. There's nothing sexier than when someone does their passion. And after I told her that, she, after I told her that, she was like, "All right, you want to bang?" <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing sexier than that. So. I know a lot of us probably, you know, have struggles with life and this and that, and sometimes we're embarrassed about our Kiss fandom. And I used to be too. Every time I'd be embarrassed, I'm like, why couldn't I like something that everybody else likes? But the older I got and the more I dive into this and the more I do things like this where I talk to other fans and, and whatnot, it just it makes me proud that I can do this and that I have this this outlet. So even though it might not be the most popular outlet for other average thirty year olds, you know, in, in Ohio where I live doesn't matter because when people see that that i have this passion for that they go you know what that's cool you know? exactly you know what I, I gotta just pop in for one second I, I i'm i go through the same thing i mean a lot of my friends are doing the whole you know married with kids and the mortgage and all that stuff and you know being a person who plays music still and 
makes albums and you know goes out and plays and stuff i mean i sometimes get that resentment from those people that are like you know you know they always have some comment about it but in the back of my mind i know because i've heard it after a few drinks from some of these people that you know they wish they were still doing this stuff they wish that they were still playing or they wish that they were still you know having these things and life has gotten in the way with some of it so i mean you know i applaud you andrew as well for you know if you have the chance and the opportunity to do it do it as for as long as you can because i mean it, who knows what will happen in two weeks from now or a month from now maybe something will change where you might not be able to do it and be happy that you can do it now because i am i'm happy doing it still and i love making music and making albums i'm just finishing another one now and you know there's a lot of people out there that wish that they, they can do it but i guess we're lucky in that sense that we can do it so amen yeah. And I'm actually six o'clock today, six o'clock Eastern time. I'm actually headed out on a flight to go to Chicago because we're playing in St. Charles on Halloween night. So cool. it's going to be a. Cool. You're playing at that Arcadia Theater? The Arcada, yes. And it's yeah, our awesome. fifth show there or something that we played over the last couple of years. But uh, I'm real excited because it's, it's so cool for me that I'm able to have that split life. And I still have promoters that want to fly me halfway around the world. and put me up in nice hotels and feed me a bunch of food and put me in front of fans. And it's, it's awesome. It's exactly. so awesome. And people, they always tell me like, Oh, you're, you're just in a tribute band. And then I, I'm like, you know what? You're just jealous because you wish you could do what I do. So I'm extremely thankful and extremely fortunate. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready to do a big overhaul, you know, in the new year to kind of, I don't know, it sounds lame, but to kind of brand myself and to kind of, you know, just take advantage of the opportunities that I've been awarded. So, and it's, I don't take it lightly. I love it. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Hashtag live to win. Mm-hmm. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's like a Paul Stanley thing. You got to live like you're on vacation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to. Or, or is that a Vinnie Vincent thing? We don't know whose, whose lyric that is. <laughs> what, whatever, that's the case. You got to live. Tomorrow you can be dead. You know, I, and I think you bring up a good point about, about the, the passion that we all share. Um, People tell people see people walk into my house and they see my kiss stuff everywhere. You know, I don't I don't hide it. I don't hide it in a particular room. I, I have it out and it's everywhere, just like that. And <laughs> it's full of kiss posters too. <laughs> full. And people look at me, you know, in my in my kiss t-shirts or with my kiss tattoos or you know all the stuff I have in my house, and they're like, "Well, I'm not as passionate about anything." as much as you are about kiss but you know what that i kind of look at that as like well i'm i'm a very passionate guy i can't i can't imagine not having that in my life that i i I would feel like there'd be a void in my life without without that there because it's it's such a big part of me and it makes me who i am so um i think that the five of us have wasted enough of the viewers time at this point and but i appreciate everyone watching and listening and I would encourage anyone to tell us about their first KISS experiences. Tell us about your first KISS concert. Did it change your life? Tell us about the first KISS album that you had. Did it did it change who you are as a person? Did it did um did it make you think differently about about life? You know, people say people we, we talked about how those KISS concerts were, you know, life changing events and it 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 changed us as people and, and did it did it change you? And and don't throw in please don't rain on please don't trade be a negative person and say, Oh well, I saw him this and you know, Paul had a pill bottle and it just ruined everything for me. You know, let's 
let's be positive about it. Tell us about your first Kiss experience. Tell us about the first time you bought a CD, your, your first time you, you saw them in concert, the first time you put on the makeup. You know, did it make you feel different as a person? Did, did people laugh at you and point, make fun of you? But um, Remember that you guys can watch the show on YouTube. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes. You can listen on Spreaker. You can download the shows directly from the KISS FAQ. So, for Ken, for Julian, for Mark, and for little Andrew all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, I am Lonnie Weissauer, STL KISS, on the KISS FAQ message board. You stay classy, KISS Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. We hope to see you again. 